Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Well, all right. I want to share with you a little bit this morning um, a, a message. I, I've been, it's going to have a little bit. If you were here Wednesday night, it's going to have a little bit of Wednesday night in it. We just started another series on Wednesday nights, and this one's called In Kingdom. Okay? In Kingdom. Because what we were doing for a number of Wednesday nights is we were doing a series called in him, all right? How many know we have all these blessings and all these things of being in him? And yet, it led me to doing the in kingdom. What does it mean to be in his kingdom? What does it mean for his kingdom to be in me, right? And how many know that the kingdom is not just a distant future? How many of you have a pulse this morning? Okay, everybody do this. If you don't feel a pulse, you may leave. <laughs> you see, one of the tragedies of sometimes Christianity is that we pushed everything about the kingdom to the second coming. And there is a fulfillment, and there is things about the kingdom that will not be fulfilled to the second coming. But there are also realities and ramifications of the kingdom in our life right now. Okay, and so we cannot just dismiss everything to the second coming. And so I want to speak a message to you, and I'm going to do a, a little bit here to, to kind of set it up, and you're not going to see the title until the end, because I'm just weird and I think backwards today, all right? And, and so let me start with this. I want to start with a little bit of a uh, preface. Number one, let me, say, let me start with this. I believe the Bible teaches, and how many believe the Bible demonstrates, a biblical worldview of two domains or two kingdoms? How many believe that? All right, that when you look into Scripture and you read the cover to cover of Scripture, you see this biblical worldview that has two domains or two kingdoms, if you will. All right, first of all, the kingdom of God, and that it's revealed as the realm of God's authority, as God's governance, and basically all that is good. Right? How many know God's kingdom is good? How many know if it's bad, it's not God's kingdom? All right, and, and you look at creation, how many know everything God created, He said was good, right? All right, so you have the kingdom of God, which is revealed as the realm of God's authority, his governance, and all that is good, and you also have the domain of Satan and the forces of evil, which is characterized as that which is evil, right? And, and so you have these two biblical worldviews. One is the kingdom of darkness. One is the kingdom of God, the domain of Satan, the domain of God, and you have these two opposing views in the scripture. Now, this domain, this domain of God and the domain of Satan, how many know they have clashed since the beginning? Since the beginning, they have clashed. As a matter of fact, how many know they clashed long before they clashed on the earth? Uh, the Bible tells me they first of all clashed where? In heaven. How many know in heaven was the kingdom of God? And yet the Bible tells us that Lucifer, right? Lucifer had pride rise up in his heart where he tried to overtake and usurp the throne of God, the kingdom of God. How many know he wanted to be king, right? And so you have this clashing of these two domains that happened in the heavenly realms. And then Lucifer and a third of the angels gets what? Kicked out of heaven, gets kicked to the earth, right? And then what we see on the earth is we see this clashing. The first place we see it is there's a clash of these two domains in the garden, right? How many you believe that God... It's always amazing to me when you look at the, you can start with a garden and get an idea of what God was doing. God 
created man in his image and gave him his authority so that the kingdom of God would be exercised and demonstrated in the garden. But yet, what happens? Here comes Satan. Here comes Satan in the domain of darkness, of evil, and now there's clashing in the garden. And how many know man rebelled, was tempted by darkness, and man fell? And then you look at, and, and, and then you look through history. You'll see these two domains clashing on the earth throughout history. Can, can I just say to you today that it is not God committing genocide in the Sudan? It's not God, right? Can we, can, how can we, can we say that's not God, right? Okay, and so in, uh, uh, that's just one example. So all through the world, you can see where these two domains are clashing, and we see it manifested on the face of the earth. And they continue to clash today, even through the nations of the world. How many of they, they clash in our country? And can I tell you, it's not just, can I tell you, never mind, don't go there, just shut your mouth. And some of you already went, yep, those political, those Republicans and Democrats. How many know there's enough evil on both sides of those aisles? God is not bound by a political system. But forget about that. In our world today, this clash of dominions, this clash of kingdoms between Satan and God is still clashing. And as I look at the Bible, God has always been looking for a people through whom he could reveal his kingdom on the earth, right? Now, now think about this for a moment. Again, I believe Adam and Eve were given his image and his authority and he was given his blessing. Why? Exercise, reveal my kingdom in the midst of this creation on the earth. And then you look at this kingdom of priests called Israel that was to be a revelation of the kingdom of God on earth, right? So this display. I would suggest to you today, without much stretching, that you and I as believers, born again, children of God, entering into the kingdom of God, are to be people who are to reveal his kingdom now here on the earth, right? Now, the problem was the kingdom that was on display was never a kingdom in perfection because of the imperfection of men, okay? When you look through the, when you look at Genesis, Adam and Eve created, Adam was created in the image of God, fell to the rebellion, fell to the dominion of Satan, fell to that temptation. And the Bible says, and he began to create man in his own image, right? That the Bible says that Adam began to have men in his own image, no longer the image of God. If you look at the kingdom of Israel, how many know they were an imperfect kingdom, right? Through the, you have evil kings, righteous kings, evil priests, wicked priests, righteous priests, prophets that were false, prophets that were good. And so there was this imperfect display of the kingdom, right? Now, we see that all the way through until Galatians tells us, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son. Now, he sent forth his son. Why? Why did he send his son? I'm not really asking for an answer yet, okay? But why did he, why did God send his, what was the purpose? Now I know what many of you are gonna say, he sent his son to die on the cross so you and I could be saved. That's true, partly. Okay, why did God do this? Why at the fullness of time did God do this? 
Well, let me take you to a scripture, all right? If you'll turn to me, and you'll go to me with John chapter 18. John chapter 18, Jesus is just prior to his death having a conversation with Pilate. All right, and in this conversation, Pilate comes in, right? To the, it says, therefore, Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus. Watch what he says. And he said to him, are you the king of the Jews? And then, therefore, and Jesus answered, are you saying this on your own initiative? Or did someone tell you or others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest delivered you to me. What have you done? And then Jesus says this. But Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king. He asked him the question again. And Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. Jesus says, yes, I am a king. You've answered correctly, I am a king. Watch this. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who hears the truth hears my voice. Do you see what Jesus just said? Jesus just said, yeah, I am a king. Yes, I am the king. Yes, I have been born into the world to be king. Yes, I have been born into the world for this purpose, for this reason. You see, according to Jesus, the reason he was born was to be king. We must understand, we, we must as believers today get this into our psyche, into our spirit. It's hard for us as Americans because how I many know we don't serve a king? And yet Jesus said that he was born for this purpose. For this purpose, he was born to be king. So I want to talk to you for a few moments about him. You'll see where we're going in just about another three hours, and we'll, we'll be all right, okay? The Steelers showed up on Thursday. Notice they didn't play, but they did play up, okay? For this purpose, think about this for a moment. Jesus said to Pilate, I am the king. But he's not just the king of the Jews. I am the king. And my kingdom's not of this realm. If this kingdom was of my realm, my servants would be fighting right now. If, the, if, if the, my kingdom was of this realm, there would be a bloodbath in the streets right now. If my kingdom was of this realm, I would have my army marching in here. If my kingdom was of this realm, I would destroy you in a heartbeat. But I am a king, but my kingdom's not of this realm. All right, so now watch this. And so first of all, let's talk about Jesus. First of all, let's talk about this king, this King Jesus. Today we're gonna put him where he totally belongs, which is he is king, he is on the throne. King Jesus, think about him for a moment. He was introduced, first of all, to the world in the nature of a kingdom, not of this world. If you think about how kings came, right? Kings came through might. How many know Jesus did not come into the world to be king through a display of might? The Bible says he came how? He came as a baby, in the form of a baby. The Bible says he came in a manger. He didn't come with an army. He didn't come with military might. He didn't come with fanfare. He didn't come with a rebellion. How many know if you wanted to be king, you raised a coup and you killed the last king? If you wanted to be, read the book of Kings in the Old Testament. 
And how many times somebody said, I want to be king, therefore I'm going to kill the present king. You, you had, if you go to the Old Testament, you have mothers that would kill their own children so they could be in charge. He, he didn't come. This kingdom that he's talking about is not established through power. This kingdom is not protected in military might. This kingdom would not be advanced through political processes. And can I say to the believers today that his kingdom of which we are a part of is still not established through worldly power. It is still not established and protected through military might. It is still not advanced through political processes. If we think we can advance the kingdom through political processes, we will pollute the kingdom that we're presenting. Let me say that again. If we think we can produce and we can move the kingdom, if we think that we can advance the kingdom through political processes, we will ultimately pollute the kingdom we are presenting. History tells us that. Church history tells us that. The church will become polluted. Now watch this. And so, and so Jesus came, and when he comes into the world, this is an introduction. This is an introduction to the world. And he comes in the nature of the kingdom, not of this world. A kingdom of humility. A kingdom of love your neighbor as yourself. A kingdom of humble origins. And yet, after he's born, he raised to his 33 years of age, or 30 years of age, and he begins his ministry. Because when he begins his ministry, how many know King Jesus is now inaugurating the kingdom? All right, he's now inaugurating it. How's he inaugurating it? Well, let's look at the scripture says. It says, now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. How many know that means the good news of God? All right, and he, said, and he was saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Therefore, repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus come and said, listen, his message was this. Hey, you, guys, listen. The kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. It's not just gonna come one day. It's here. It's here and now. It's right here, right now. And what he said to them was, see the kingdom. See it in its glory. See it in its beauty. See it as the antithesis of the kingdoms of this world and allow it to cause you to change direction. Allow it to cause you. Listen to me this morning. You need to change, I, I will say this to you this morning. Some of us in this house, you need to change direction right now. From the kingdom of the world to the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of, God, of the world that you have been following and the kingdom of the world, the principles of this world, has not led you to good things. It has not led you to blessing, it has not led you to peace. It has not led you to joy. The decisions that you make have an accordance with the principles of this world and not the principles of his world. And how many know those decisions bring dramatically different results in our life? Jesus came preaching, repent, look at this. Here's the kingdom, here's the antithesis. See it for all it is, see its glory, see its goodness. And let it be the thing that causes you to change direction. Listen to me this morning. I said this a thousand times. I'll say it a thousand more times till I die. It is not the fear of hell that leads me to repentance. It is the kindness of God that leads me to repentance. The goodness of God. It is the goodness of the kingdom. I see it and I want it. That's what I want. 
If you tell me you go out to eat and their food stinks, I'm not going there. But if you tell me how good their food is, I'll be there. If you tell me how good it is, its goodness is going to draw me to it. Listen, church, we have a kingdom to display for the world to see that is good. And its beauty draws people from the world. You see, Jesus preached it. He preached the kingdom was at hand because the king was on hand. There is no kingdom without a king. There is no king's domain without a king. There is no king's territory without a king. And Jesus is saying, guess what, guys? I got news for you. Here's what he knew. My purpose was to be born into the world to be king. And that kingdom of God is here, and the reason it's here, and the reason it's here is because I am here. The king is here. Now, okay, so watch this. So as he's living, Jesus begins, he, just does, he doesn't just inaugurate it, but how many know he begins to demonstrate this kingdom? That in Jesus, you can see the kingdom of God, right? First of all, let's talk about this, right? King, King Jesus demonstrated the culture of the kingdom of God to the kingdoms of the world. I mean, he came and said crazy stuff. Love your enemies. What? How many of you, real, come on, come on, how many of you really want to love your enemies? Right? How many of you just rather punch your enemy in the face? How many of the world tells you to punch your enemy in the face? How many of the, the, the law of the street is? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Hmm? The Bible says to pray for those who persecute you. What? I'll pray for them. God, kill them. Kill them, God. Right? The Bible, the, 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 this kingdom says crazy stuff. If they hit you in the cheek, let them hit the other one. If they want your coat, give them your tunic too. Like, this is a, this is a crazy kingdom. How would that apply in today's world? Hmm? He demonstrated this culture. You see, the culture of the kingdom was love, radical love, love for your enemies, love for those who are unlovable. How many know there are some people who are hard to love? Some of you looked at your spouse, knock it off. Some of you were looking at me. I, 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 Jesus would come in his kingdom. He, he's, he's loving tax collectors. Prostitutes, thieves. Like, this is not the way the world thinks. He came as a king in a manger. He didn't have a home to put his head. He's running around with 12 guys that didn't even have a high school education. He's running around with guys that want, like, like Lord, you want us to kill him now? He's demonstrating a culture of the kingdom that's not of this world. How many of the Bible tells us our citizenship is in heaven? How many of the Bible tells us that this is not our home? Why do we live as, this, as if this is our home? Why if, why if this is not our home and this is not our citizenship, why do we live to get according to the culture of this world, not the culture of that world? Or am I the only one that does that? Must be pretty quiet. Must be you too. 
Jesus demonstrated love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. How many know that's culture of the kingdom? But then, King Jesus demonstrated the authority that he had as king. The authority of the king in the kingdom, not of this world. Because I mean, no, you can't be king without authority. Right? If you're going to be king, that means you're boss. You got king, you got power, you got authority, right? If you, if you have no authority, you ain't king. Jesus demonstrated it. Watch how he walked through, he walked through, he demonstrated this. How did he demonstrate it? First of all, King, King Jesus demonstrated his authority when he cast out demons. Right? How many know that was a clash of the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God? And King Jesus says, excuse me, my subject, my, my child, my person, you out. And how many know Jesus said that when I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's in your midst. Right? And so there was this demonstration of kingship when he would drive out demons in the scripture. There was this demonstration of authority when he would heal the sick. When he opened blind eyes, healed deaf ears, the woman with the issue of blood. I want to say something to you today. When you say the name Jesus today, you're saying the name of your king who has authority over all that's in your life. When you're saying that name, Jesus, and you recognize that authority, King Jesus demonstrated his authority when he raised the dead. When he raised the dead, right? This widow, she's got an only son who's dead. Jesus looks, sees her, has compassion. I'm gonna exercise my authority as king over death. Rise up, rise up. There was a demonstration of his authority. He would demonstrate this authority by the calming of the winds, walking on water, multiplying fish and bread. I mean, what kind of dude is this, right? Like, he's talking to the wind. Shut up. Be still. Stop. He comes walking on water. Let me tell you why. You're walking on water. You've got authority. Okay? You have just defied all the laws when you're just like, Ooh, dude. hey, guys, how you doing? Huh? I love that scripture. It says that he was, he was passing them by. How would you like to be passed by when you're on a boat and some guy walking on the water passes by you? Right? But this was, all these things were a demonstration of the authority of the one who was born king. And then King Jesus, he defeated sin. How? Because he lived this sinless, perfect life on earth. That he lived this sinless, he defeated sin. Our king defeated sin. As he walked the earth sinlessly. How many know if he wouldn't have been able to do that, there's no hope for you and I in sin? And this perfect life. And then this King Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness, on the cross, and up from the grave. I mean, come on. Come on. You see, this whole, so Jesus tells Pilate, that's right, baby, I'm king. I am king. I was born for this purpose. I was born for that reason. This is the reason I was born into the world. This was the reason I have come. And then when he began to preach it, he said, now the kingdom of God is at hand because the king was out in hand. And he began to demonstrate it and he demonstrated its authority. And he walked and he defeated the enemy. You see, and here's where it comes to us now. 
all right? Because I, I want you to see something for a moment. In our life, in our Christianity, many of us recognize him as Savior. How many know today he is Savior? How many know the Bible says he's our Savior? And that word Savior means deliverer and protector. And, but I would suggest to you today that the only reason he was our Savior is because he is our King. And our salvation is a byproduct of his kingship. And he came to be king, which exercised salvation. He came to be king. He came as king. And as king from that position, he exercised salvation for you and I. You see, you got to understand for just a moment that without his lordship, if you will, you see, this purpose... This, many of us are looking for salvation, but not lordship. We want a savior who's gonna punch our ticket to heaven. Right? Many recognize him as Messiah, the anointed one. Many recognize him as the deliverer. But here's my question this morning. Do you recognize him as king? Do you recognize him as king? That's the question I have for us as believers today. Yes, we know he saved us. And yes, we know that. But my question to you is, do you recognize him as king? It's a vast difference. You see, here's what I believe, as Jesus taught it. That salvation is found when I, by faith, yield my life to the king. Where I look at him and I yield in submission and yield my life to the king who has authority, to the king of a kingdom, not of this world. You see, my faith is in my king. My faith is in him. You see, salvation is found when I yield the authority to govern my own life and I allow him to govern it. Come on, let's think about this for a moment. How many know we like to be in charge? Oh. <laughs> I might need something stronger after that one. You know what most church conflicts are over? Power. You know what a lot of marriages are, argue, are, are, are battling over? Control. Boss. Who's going to be the boss? And my, my family, we all know. <laughs> the dog. Who's going to govern? Who's got the authority? There comes a point in our life where you and I, we find true salvation when I will yield the authority to govern my own life and allow him to govern it. Because how many know I want, like Jesus said, my will to be done. Remember, Jesus in the garden said, is there another way? Take this from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours. In other words, I'm still going to allow myself to yield to you, Father. And I'm going to allow my life to be governed by you. 
How many know he showed us a pattern of how we yield our life to allow him to govern it? My question to you this morning is, you see, you see, I know that many in here would say, yes, I'm saved. And yes, I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did. But my question is, have you yielded your authority to govern your own life to him? If you have not, he is not king. And if he is not king, we then begin to say, begin to say is he savior? Ouch. But pastor, I just, wanna, I, just, I, just, I just wanna say the sinner's prayer so I can go to heaven. I just wanna say the sinner's prayer so I'm good to go. I, I just wanna say the sinner's prayer, but I don't really want him to govern my life. I, I don't really want him to tell me what to do. I wanna live according to this world and make sure I get into your world. That's not what he planned. That's not what he had in mind. You see, your salvation is a result of his lordship, not just his sacrifice. Do you understand that when he came, he came as king to exercise his authority? And yes, he presented himself as a sacrifice. But if I'm going to, you know, we use the phrase accept Jesus. If I'm going to accept Jesus, how many know I've got to accept more than a savior? How many think I need to accept him as Lord? Accept him as king, accept him as authority. Accept him as, he's the boss. He's the man. Well, how does that impact my life when I begin to recognize him and I, and I say, okay, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, not just, I'm not just praying a prayer to get to heaven, but I really want to live in your kingdom and I'm coming through you and I want to live according to your lordship. How does that impact my life? Well, well first of all, how many know I live in willing submission to the king? I'm just willing to submit, all right? I don't really want to, but I will. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> have, there ever been times, have there ever been times in your life where you thought, I really want to do this, but I know that God wants me to do this, and Jesus wants me to do this. Matter of fact, I should do this, and his word says I should do this, but I still really would rather do this over here. But you come to a place where you say, but even though I don't want to, I'm willing to do this. I'm going to submit my life and willing submission to the king. How many know that's different than how worldly kings operate? You see, the only way, you see, see, worldly kings come in a display of power and might and force you to submit. When Jesus comes, yes, he's powerful, and yes, he has might, but how many know his is an invitation to willingly submit to him? How many know he will not force you into submission? He gave you that thing called free will, didn't he? You see, Jesus is more than my ticket to heaven. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords, right? Now, listen, and, and King Jesus, what did he do? This King Jesus came to earth to serve me, yes, but now we live on the earth to serve King Jesus. We live under his authority. We live under his mandate. We live under his principles. We live under him. We don't live, we don't live, I'm saved, redeemed, going to heaven, and now I'm going to live any way I want. No, 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 no. We live to serve the king. We live to serve the king. If you fail to recognize the kingship of Jesus, you will fail to realize the fullness of his kingdom. 
there are some things, there are some things, ladies and gentlemen, that you can only experience as you recognize and submit to the lordship, the kingship of Jesus Christ. He is, he is, it's, I know, that's like, you almost say things sometimes people in Christianity will say, well, that's being sacrilegious. It's not being sacrilegious. Do not treat him as just the lamb of God. Do not treat him as just your savior. You treat him as the king who bought you salvation, the king who fought for your salvation, the king who delivered your salvation, the king from his position, from his platform, was able to exercise salvation for your life. He did it from a position of kingship. And let me say those three famous words you love to hear every week. Lazarus, come forth. That's when all of you get a glimmer of hope who have dazed off, dozed off on me. Because when I say, when, you ought to be saying, when I say, come on, Troy, when I say, come on, Troy, all of a sudden the light goes on. It's just like Lazarus coming forth. Oh, I'd love to have fun. But hear me, hear me this morning. You say, well, but what does it look like? Do you understand what it looks like when you submit your life to the king? Salvation is more than saying a sinner's prayer. Salvation is yielding to the king and saying, I will not govern my own life. I submit to your governance. I submit to your authority. I submit to who you are. I submit to your platform. I submit to your position. And then I begin to radically be changed. And now I'm a Zacchaeus. And I'm a Zacchaeus that says, my money is now your money, Lord. I mean, you know, when he gets our money, he really got us. Well, now I'm, I'm radically changing the way I give, the radically changing that, hey, hey, we, ah, I'm going to give. I'm going to give. I'm going to give it back. I'm going to pay back. I'm going to give half what I got to the poor. And those that cheated, I'm going to make it well. Radically impacted. You, you got God. All of a sudden, you got Peter. Listen, it was easier for Peter to stay in the fishing business. Nobody was trying to kill him for being a fisherman. They weren't in the habit of saying, let's find, a, let's, let's find a fisherman today to put on a cross. No, 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 no. He radically submitted his life and changed his life and followed Jesus. Why? Because he bowed to the lordship of who Jesus Christ was. It looks like Saul, who's on a murderous rampage to kill more Christians. And he has an encounter with the king of kings and the lord of lords. Who are you? I am Jesus whom you persecute. All of a sudden, how many know Paul said, I'm no longer governing my life. I'm going to yield my authority. I'm going to yield my governance to you. It, it radically impacts our life. It radically changes our life. Where all of a sudden, now we begin to say, wait a minute. Jesus, you're my king. And I'm part of your kingdom. And your kingdom is within me. Therefore, I'm not going to live according to the pattern of this world. Therefore, I am not going to live to the pattern of lifeless, dead religion. Therefore. You see, because then what happens is God, Jesus, wants to then begin to operate his kingdom through you. How does that happen? Read the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. Who were these people? Who were these crazy people? They were people who had learned from Jesus about the kingdom of God for 40 days, not to mention the three years he taught them. 
And then what? And then they begin to operate by the kingdom of another world. When the kingdom of religion rose up against them, you stop preaching in this man's name. You want me to stop preaching in my king's name? I don't think so. We'll decide whether we're going to obey men or God. My life is governed by him. We're going to keep preaching. You want to beat us? Beat us. You want to put us in prison? Put us in prison. You want to chop James's head off? Go ahead. And, and, and now you got, you got Peter and John going to the place of prayer. Guy's begging. Been there a long time. And on the way, he's begging. They got, I ain't got no silver and I ain't got no gold. But what I got, baby, I'm going to give to you in the name of Jesus, my king. What I got, I'm going to give you in the name of the king. And they used the exercised authority given to them by the king that they have as being part of the kingdom. And we don't got it, so I got it. Go, but what I give you, I'm going to give you in the name of King Jesus. Stand up and walk. Come on, church. Do you think that's just old? Uh, you think that's just for the Bible days? If so, then why do we spend all that time praying for people? Follow through. Stephen, Stephen, they're stoning them, man. I don't know about you, I don't want to be stoned. And yet they're stoning them. And he's preaching. And they stone him. And he sees Jesus. I love that scripture. My Bible tells me that Jesus, my king, is seated on a throne at the right hand of God the Father. But the Bible tells me that Stephen saw him standing up. And I think what Jesus did was he stood up when he saw him standing in the face of persecution. I think he stood up whenever he saw him being stoned. I think he stood up. He said, look at that. Look at my man. Look at my man. Look at my guy. And then Saul, who just gets radically changed to the apostle Paul. And then you got this guy, Peter. He's raised to hate Gentiles. He's raised to hate them. Don't eat with them. Don't associate with them. Except the King Jesus and him had a little talk. And they had a little talk. And how many know you have a little talk with King Jesus? Jesus, he'll, he'll confront your prejudices. How many know he'll confront the hatred in your heart? How many know he'll confront the racism in your heart? The classism in your heart? the sexism in your heart. And you got a choice to make at that moment. Do I live according to the kingdom I was brought up in or do I live to the kingdom I've been born into? Because I mean, know when I'm born anew from above, I am born out of one kingdom into his kingdom. See, I want you to, I, I want you to here, here's, here's my title. I want you to get a glimpse this morning. I want you to behold your king. I want you to see your king this morning. Yes, I know he's your savior. Yes, I know he's your redeemer. I know all the titles, but I want you to see who your king is. Because if you see him for who he is as king, it will bring a complete fullness into your life. You see, when you approach him as only your savior, so you get to heaven, you are missing the ramifications of what it means to have Lord of your life now and the blessings that come with it.
Some of you, some say, well, I, 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 I said this sinner's prayer, but I, I still don't have peace and I still don't have joy. And you're because you've been trying to get it according to the patterns of this world somehow still. And Paul said what? The kingdom of God is a matter of what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what you find in his kingdom. That's what you find under the king. Jesus said, if this, if my kingdom was of this world, my servants would be fighting for me right now. But my kingdom isn't of this world. But here's what I would say to you today. How many know? We know his kingdom is not of this world. Therefore, we are not the servants of a kingdom of this world. So therefore, you and I live now in submission and subjection to the king of another world. Who, who wants to exercise that kingdom through his servants? I say, well, how do I know that? Because how many know that's what Jesus says? You go preach this. You go preach the good news of the kingdom of God. And you go cast out demons. You go heal the sick. You go raise, you go do these things. Father, help us today. Help us today, Father. Help us expand our vision that when we become saved, we put our faith in your son. It is putting our faith in the one who said, I was born for this purpose. I was born for this reason. I was born king. I came into the world to be king, but it's not of this world. Oh, we know there's a day coming. But that's second coming. He's going to take possession. And Father, the cause for him to be born was kingship. The effect was the salvation he worked for us. The cause was him as king. An effect was our redemption. Our king went into battle for us. Our king gave his life for us. Our king exercised his authority. Our king demonstrated his love. And today I would pray that our hearts would say, you are not, I'm looking to you more than my ticket to heaven. You're my king. You're my king. I yield my life to you as king which means I no longer govern my life according to my own decisions, according to my own desires, according to my own will but I submit it to you I submit to your lordship and I want it to radically impact my life
So today the question is, have you recognized your king? Do you see your king? And I say to you, behold your king. See your king. Serve the king. Worship the king. Love the king. somebody overpowers you it forces you to submit it forces you to surrender they may do it through an exercise of might and power but today we are overwhelmed not by might not by power but we're overwhelmed by the love of a king the goodness of a kingdom the goodness of a king and seeing that, we would say, I recognize you as Lord. I recognize you as King. You're more than my ticket to heaven. So, Father, for every heart in here, we're just going to do this very privately for a moment. I want you to ask yourself, have you yielded? to his authority. Have you yielded to his authority in your life? Salvation is found in the banner of the king. Have you yielded your right to govern your life to him? Not out of fear, but because out of his goodness. And so, Father, as we just contemplate it for a moment, may we come to a place where we're able to say, you are king. You are king. You are Lord. I think that's how I'm going to close it today. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing an altar call. I'm, not doing, I, I'm doing this because this is between you and him. If you've only viewed him as just a ticket to heaven, you need to repent right now between you and him. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I changed my thinking. Maybe you've looked at him as, yeah, he's your savior, but he's not Lord. So you just say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. 
his king, his king. Father, bless your people this week. May they receive from the king's table this week. May they worship the king's throne this week. May the king's scepter work on their behalf this week. We give you praise. And we say one more time, you are king. Amen. Troy.